Supriya. <laughs> Welcome back to the SDA podcast on energy and life mastery. And uh, I really am so happy to have you on this pre-solar eclipse day. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's so lovely to have you again. And uh, this is all about your forte. This is about your realm. Uh, but of course, we're involved. So the topic as I propose that you share and educate us on is um, global warming, climate change. What do we, what do we need to know, Kano? What's happening? What do we need to know? Thank you so much, sister, again, for inviting me. It's always a delight to share with you. It's an honor uh, to share the space with yourself and each of your viewers or listeners and participants. It'd be so fun in time to to gather in person you know mm. all together and riff about this soon soon yeah soon come soon come thank you so much darling i mean this is one of the biggest topics of our collective journeys and our individual mm. lives and also you know multi-generational it's the um you know a lot of people have mentioned it as um the anthropocene and so like an era of us facing our, our own potential as existential crises. And of course, coupled with that is a lot of internal potential ex existential crises as well. And, you know, as, as I know, you relate in regards to all matters of the soul and the personal journey, the, from my experience, global warming, climate change, what's happening on the outside in terms of societal, what seemingly is societal collapse or a reconfiguration is, is what's been happening on our inner realms and our inner worlds, in some ways playing out in the external environment. And so, you know, this has been going on for a lot of us um, in the movement, speaking up for what's necessary in terms of solutions for many decades. And so it's exciting on one side in my experience in the sense that this decade, uh, ethical investing, green finance, for example, is, has really arrived in terms of its time. Sustainability is well known across the world. We don't really need to convince anyone anymore of the validity of sustainability. And so on that side, on the industry side, what I see every day is that it's exciting, as in there's a legion of us, there's thousands of us that are on the spearhead or the frontier of co-creating solutions and investing in social impact entrepreneurs or regenerative en energy entrepreneurs, left, right and centre. And so in this demographic, we're very excited. And then what I witness in terms of the majority public the the storytelling are, uh, and the message isn't getting through to the majority public of all the solutions that are not only possible but are also being worked on on the ground behind the scenes you know amongst thousands of documents and so forth so that's i would say that's one of the elements that breaks my heart the most and that's one of the areas that i'm most passionate about being a bridge for that we all have a place to contribute to to the solution and we are each a part of it. I mean, on a personal level and on a collective level. And so yeah. I feel like that's one of my core messages is to share with people that please don't feel uh, despair. And I know it's part of the process, but don't stay in despair. Really, really do your best to, to stretch and to look and listen to certain stories or content or data or messaging 
from sources that that are new that you may not be used to. Mm. So really, yeah, really learn more of the the whole full spectrum context, and it will take time. I mean, climate change and and the breakdown of all our systems has taken decades or uh, centuries to co-create. So please be gentle on ourselves and each other to not feel like you need to know all the solutions overnight and, you know, we need to figure everything out um, overnight, even though there is a, is a, you know, there's a timeline, of course, but there's, there's, there's balance and everything. And so that's, yeah, I feel like that's one of the, yeah, core messages. For example, um, you know, we're in Australia, we're, we're streaming from Australia. To the best of my knowledge, the national government isn't uh, world leading in regards to its pace and its policy. From what I know though, of the state government, every state government in our country is investing so much in solutions. For example, renewable energy or uh, so much of the, the circular economy. Perhaps they're not, they're not perfect uh, for now, but at least they're moving on a lot of different indicators. So that's a whole nother example of not being in despair, like just because a lot of the media is focusing on the national government and what they're not doing. Mm. I mean, they're also doing some good things behind the scenes. State and some local governments are also doing really good work. And so one, I mean, one, one of the pieces, pieces of advice that I would offer mm. You know, to really get involved in local council wherever you are as much as possible, oh. and read, read the if there is a green sustainability, climate change, or resilience plan in the local council, mm. uh, you know, uh, get involved. If there isn't one, why isn't there one? Perhaps you could, whoever's listening, could co-create a group or a committee or an action group to then be involved and engaged, and you'll feel so much more empowered for that uh, rather than being on the sideline and to some degree perhaps feeling overwhelmed by it and of course just get involved on any level like all the levels if you want on a global level as well and everything everything in between thanks yeah I really like your compassionate outlook and approach to it and I like how you you know you like you said I really agree with you because I think a lot of us don't take action because we Firstly, guilt sets in and, uh, you know, when we look at the bigger picture and then we say, oh, well, what can I do? Uh, I'm only one person. And even if I do this, what's got, what difference is that going to make? Um, and then sometimes not having enough spokespeople around us um, talking, conversing, and making it um, just a lifestyle tool, a lifestyle topic um, can make us feel like we have to become activists. And that takes a lot of energy as well. So no one wants to become an active activist um, if they don't have the energy. So people give up very quickly, you know, mm -hmm. and because our lives, one of my uh, drivers for doing this uh, episode is uh, basically to educate and start the narrative to normalize this topic in our lives because I think some of us are very, um, what's the word, uh, disassociated to it, mm -hmm. with it because of uh, where we live. Um, certain suburbs, certain 
um, grids of places mm. kind of have uh, its associated lifestyle and demographically speaking people are using their spare time to just relax you know and mm. and so concepts or or issues issues like you know global warming climate mm. change mm. and what we can kind of weave into our lifestyles just mm. little things mm. um little things to whatever we can take on as mm -hmm. per our lifestyle is a conversation i think we need to start having because i think inherently we all want to do good and it has to just you know sometimes it's just a matter of ease and accessibility and doing it without you know putting ourselves out so on point yeah yeah in particularly in terms of accessibility Supriya. yeah yeah i find that it's like you said you know most people are really good people we all mean well do well and Mm -hmm. and we want to do well and when we're educated about the consequences of some of our actions then oh we're like oh okay well that's not preferable so then mm -hmm. so then the social entrepreneurs and the, mm -hmm. you know the i call us art artivist custodians some of us are more like artistic activists and so forth i mean i know there's a fusion and a spectrum mm -hmm. you know it's up to us to co-create these solutions and to increase accessibility and in the communities that we grew, we've grown up in a, a real particular passion of mine is to invest in um, support services like translation of these services i mean a lot of it you know mm -hmm. like be have be culturally um aware and culturally mm -hmm. respectful of of the fact that a lot of different cultural diasporas may not know what's going on in terms of they may not read yes. the english mainstream right and so, yes yeah that, there's like, a gap really there's mm. a gap uh, where, for whatever reason there are many grids of our society that miss uh mm. that don't even get this sort of communication delivered to them based on this these gaps you know whether it's our lifestyle our heritage our culture or whatever conditions are around us mm. but um like the councils do a lot in terms of signage and provisions and whatever. Mm -hmm. I think it's all been, you know, done within budget and all that. Um, I feel like, you know, there's a need for just making a an effort to have a conversation about, hey, what does sustainability look like? Mm -hmm. And how does that translate to or how does that impact the globe's sustainability mm -hmm. you know and like you were saying it is of course it's connected to our personal well-being our personal well-being or planning and actions create this world that we live in what do you what do you um what do you recommend or what do you what do you think that people need to start or can do mm. uh, without having to spend any time outside of what they normally do like what can they get educated on it's mm, a big question i mean it really it really depends on their particular interest or you know i find with every single person there's at least one solution or one issue that they could learn about contribute to and you know one in particular that 
doesn't seem to have such an effect at the beginning, although it, it's such a long-term, deeply rooted solution. Uh, and it may not be as, you know, quote unquote sexy. I think that's, a, that's, a, that's, that's a really, it. That's another that's, reason I think people don't even bother because it, it's not going to be a sexy thing. So it's quote, not quote. Really something pop culture. But yeah. uh, actually, let me rephrase that as well with, with an addition to that question is mm. what is, what are some, what are the top uh, problems that you feel mm. people have that they can get started to look at that contributes towards global mm. warming and fixing sure. or contributing sure. towards solutions. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah, five are probably many more, but um, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, the first one I would say intuitively is, and COVID has contributed to the solution of this is that yeah. literally everything we do or we don't do will affect somebody somewhere around the planet and whether it's in our generation or future generations, that would be like one of my biggest prayers is to really, really understand and feel the gravitas of that. I mean, of course, again, without feeling too much despair, like, but it yeah, is, it's, right. yeah. it's such, a, it's such a practice. Irrelevant. Yeah, it's a relevant yeah, it's thing. A, yeah, it's a practice and, and you get, like, in my experience, you get better at it um, over time. Uh, I mean, I would say number two is food waste. So food waste, and that was the unsexy, quote unquote, you know, unsexy element. Uh, it that it's it's a high contributor to to a lot of emissions, and also, you know, eating eating a plant based diet actually is such a high contributor to to the rebalancing of emissions mm. as well. And so that's yeah. The, I mean, those are those, there's different. Wow, moral that's awesome. ethical issues. Yeah, huge. That is so uh, powerful. Mm. And I mean, those. So that was three, and then I mean, the fact that number four is that I really wish to continue to you know share that message that we really are more powerful than we a lot of times give ourselves credit for. Without for example, having that, without having to be the savior of the world. <laughs> Indeed, but there's a middle point. Like there's a, and I think to reshift our, our model and what we think a savior, mm -hmm. quote unquote, of the world is. It, it's so important to, to give so much more honor and respect to, to the dignity of simple and yet really impactful work. You know, so for example, a garbage collector, I think it's so important to actually really honor like simple, seemingly mundane actions. Just as a thought experiment, if there were no garbage collectors, quote unquote, right, in, in modern society, yeah. we'd be getting a lot more disease and there'd be a, like, yeah. there's be, there'd be a lot more distress in people's individual yeah. lives. And it's just one, one example of, of so much we take for granted in modern society. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, so those are, I mean, those are some key areas and that is really powerful too. Mm. Can we just go back to number one, you said is understanding mm. what I heard was karma, isn't it? Like what karma? I do. Yes. Has and and that we're interconnected. Sorry, go on. Yeah. Yeah. The interconnectedness of my mm. actions, thoughts, feelings, having such a ripple effect on everything around me, including myself, you know? So as a result, but what did you say, like 
thinking, knowing and remembering that your choices have a have an impact. Absolutely, yeah. On yeah. on people that you may never meet, on yes. on people who are born in fifty years, a hundred years, two hundred years, we don't know. Like, and yes. to really act as stewards on that level, mm -hmm. uh, rather than one dimensional, short term thinking. Yes. Um, which is a lot of the illness that this current, how the current system is, yeah. is created. Uh, and yeah. again, no one's to blame. No, we can't blame and shame and get anywhere positive. So at least I think what, I, what we should remind our listeners is like, yes, okay, guilt is part of the first step of recognizing that some of, most of us are making mistakes, not not all the time intentionally but there are mistakes we are making and it, it is it is a good starting point to start noticing and asking ourselves well how is this going to impact others you know how is this choice going to impact others and yeah and then creating creating different um, values or or aligning to different values to create different actions yeah yeah and learning I mean you're really taking that space learning carving yeah. that space in our lives yeah. to learn you know uh i mean just as some offshoots as examples I, i'd really highly recommend people look up a, a system of thinking called permaculture uh, i have mm. part of my background in permaculture and i would say that you know it's been one of the deepest gifts of my life to find a systems of thinking that's systems-based circular and is audacious in terms mm. of its um its commitment to systems change and yet so humble and so grounded that it mm -hmm. starts from learning about uh, different plants and organic farms and, and how the for example an organic farm is is a representation or analogy of how we should be designing co-designing the world mm -hmm. it's actually all one and the same mm. so i'd highly recommend that i mean of course looking up um, films and books like 2040 highly recommend um that book and yeah, and also Transition Towns, I'd really uh, suggest people look up Transition Towns as a movement that started a few decades ago. Very grassroots, and yet its ideas have permeated so many different leaders in sustainability uh, and very humble in their approach and yet effective uh, mm. in their own way. So a yes. lot of the work for me for Global Impact Group and Frontier Regen Capital and a number of the projects that I'm committed to and have been working on is on the macro level of systems change but it's also like waterfall effect from the mac the global level to the national level and and regional local and personal interpersonal and then and then it permeates and and sort of synthesizes fractals out into all these different facets of society and you know whether it's the arts or education or or law or media or finance or or well-being you know it's a topic that we're both passionate about so it's all here to co-create together. And that's the message as well. Like it's exciting. We're creating the new decades of, and the new world and a sort of like re-soiling uh, a new palette for the, all mm. the generations to come. So that ideally the prayer is that when they're born, the, this type of despair or this type of thinking is, is in the history books. You know, ideally that they'll, they'll grow up and be like, I can't even imagine how they would have lived in those times, you know, so consumeristic and so wasteful and so forth and non-circular and non-regenerative. That's That would be our success barometer, you know, for us as elders and custodians, that if we have then, 
you know, been, been gifted a world that has many ailments and, of course, many gifts as well. And yet, like you were saying, we don't stay, stay stuck in blame and shame. Mm. We, we honour responsibility where, where it needs to be honoured and we completely forge forward and, mm. and we then like, invert and then transform and metamorphosize into even a more beautiful world than we can imagine. And I truly believe with every cell and iota of my being that it's absolutely possible. We do have all the tools. Yes. You know, it's just about, it's, it's about commitment and fortitude and connecting with values that are beyond a price point. It's, it, it's beyond anything you can put a price on. And so then yes. that's, the, that's the challenge to, to, to like traverse into this new world with deep patience with oneself and each other mm. and not place judgment on certain, like with certain values lens that we've been taught mm. by a post-industrial revolution and economy, like mm. basically competitive and exploitative and destructive. And we practice taking that lens off and, and emptying our vessel and, and mm -hmm. taking our time to just have a clear vessel first and foremost before we even add anything else in. Um, so it's a process and, and I'm grateful we're on it together, Supriya. And yes. <laughs> Pound! <laughs> awesome. That was amazing. That's number one. Number two, you said waste, um, food waste. Food. Our food systems. They're learning about our food systems and how they interrelate. Mm. what can where can we go and do a little bit of a 101 food waste oh i mean good ted talks go go ted talks oh, even um, simpler even simpler oh. what does it look like in your household oh yes and i was gonna get to that so yeah. i would highly recommend anyone who doesn't have a compost bin to receive a compost bin uh, you know, whether it's a small one that you can place in a kitchen top and, and if they, if you could create a compost bin for your apartment block or whichever. I can't. Teaches... Why is that, darling? I've done, uh, believe me, I've tried this and we can't because of the way the building's set up. This is why uh, this has been a thing of mine from 2017 when I woke up to this issue. Mm. And I'm still, I, I'm unable to because of the way I, the building system is set up for compost yeah. and all that. But okay, so what else? So, like, I, mean, I mean, so with that, darling, I mean, yeah. there's always, I feel like there's always ways around everything. Um, yeah. And yeah, you know, there's, there's public bins that are green bins that yes. are food organics, you know. So just as an example, and, and or then, coke, you know, somehow, um, whomever lives in apartment buildings, for example, come together and co-create a, a local community garden or rooftop gardens. Rooftop farms are, are like the new big thing to some degree in the green, one of the, one of the sectors of the green movement. So, and then like, um, and even though if you don't have finance for that, that's okay. Just put together a project proposal. And then, you know, people like me, we're creating platforms so that people can submit their ideas for what they need support mm -hmm. for. And then we will, people mm -hmm. like us will collaborate mm -hmm. then with local councils um, to invest in these yeah. solutions or if local council won't do it then fine we'll, we will independently finance it you know that's so great. it's, it's, yeah. it's about full sovereignty and full responsibility and so basically my yeah the the encouragement is for people to have ideas and don't think that they're either too hard or too big or that I don't have money for that just really honor the 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 fact that it needs to exist and so then speak out for it and trust that the support networks will form around that the more you stand for it. So 
we, we actually invited my friend Alina. She used to work in the uh, Hall Road Council and she's big on um, you know, composting and all that. So she came and did a workshop for our community, yoga community, and showed us yes. how to create worm farms right. and how to create your own composting thing in, inside a flat situation. Yes. Um, and some of us tried it and then it got too stinky, too, com you know, too um, smelly and everything like that. So um, it is it is a challenge to do it in mm. a city in an in an area where you're not living on ground you're you're not living on like you know in a house kind of a mm. place mm. anyway uh, but that's that's those are good ideas I, I I've heard of them before and I think it's completely accessible you can go to hardware stores and get a compost bin for less than a sixty dollars you know and that mm. will for a long time true but then there's certain apartments that quite fit that but I, I mean and that's and and yet I'd really appreciate you sharing with me your experience and the challenges. And, and so then again, the more you voice that out, the more someone like myself would understand what yeah. the challenges are. And then we all co-design that moving forward. I mean, there's maybe a potential for council like to order green bins from the council for the mm. buildings itself. And then you put the food waste into the green bins. But this is like, yeah, I mean, I love this is a bigger thing. Yeah, detailing. this is a bigger thing because yeah. there are lots of, yeah. So when I, when we talk about food waste, we're really talking about how to manage waste. Is that right? Is that how we're a talking? A big part. About? Well, yes. Yeah. Also, I mean, the reason why I mentioned food waste in particular is because it's then we're more connected to the organic process of life. Like when when we just like shut our eyes and just like quote unquote chuck something away. I mean, then nothing is ever really away. So it, it mm. teach, in my experience, it teaches people how like that they're part of a deeper web of organic life um and and then and then it i, I found it, it it affects people's choices in so many other areas even though it's a seemingly a small action you know then these people are more predisposed to go to tree planting days or invest in regenerative agriculture farms or re invest in mangrove farms or um, and it's like amazing so these yeah. I, I feel like something like that is so such a daily interaction that we need to have we need to have that as an example in our lives. You know, there's, there's the example of plants, for example, in our lives. That's great and that's beautiful. There's beauty in that, but it's, it's just so important to have, um, yeah, an organic process that's decaying in our lives to actually show us and remind us the rhythm of life, especially in an urban area is my point. But yeah, we can- Absolutely, that. That, that is the thing. And one time one of our friends brought this up and it really, really woke me up again. It was one of those, you know, uh, truths, truth pokes. <laughs> um, he said something like, you know, nowadays we're, we're not even asking with the fast food industry and the way, uh, how fast our life is and how we, re, re, we, we shop at supermarkets and everything like that. It desensitizes our awareness of where the food came from, exactly. you know, so that's a majority of us living in the city you know so urban societies a lot of us are reliant on supermarkets and late night shopping you know and all that so organic markets are open in the daytime or whatever you know so um just keeping it simple here just basically wanting to talk about how uh we're we're all affected by this whole fast 
fast moving fast paced world and what lifestyle we tend to live in and the inertia that we have um that stops us from connecting to the food you know the world that you just mentioned that you know there's an by looking at what I throw away, I also realized what I didn't use and why did it even come into my life in the first place? You know, why did I grab that in the I first see. place? But a lot of us don't have the bandwidth or, or the actual um, influences in our lives to ask ourselves, why did I do that? But I want to also point out this is something I was pondering on during the pandemic lockdown times, you know, mm. I did a post on ginger being again, coming back to the normal price it was. Yeah. But during the pandemic, because there was a shortage, you know, the prices had gone up and because there was higher demand as well, because of um, whatever the people stay at home. Yeah. yeah mm. Home more and, Ginger is one of the go-to herbs for culinary herbs for digestive systems. So a lot of people started using it more. But I think, you know, during the pandemic, a lot of people woke up to the fact that they need to eat more natural foods rather than the takeaway foods. And there was a shortage of it as well. So people couldn't order takeaway. They had to make their food. Mm. Um, you know? So I feel like, yeah, we maybe have made a little bit of progress to toward this already, um, looking at it as a blessing. But but I completely think that is a that is a workshop on its own. Oh, totally. Yeah. It's a whole campaign and uh, within campaigns. Yes. Mm. Like, you know, educating people on, you know, the food that you buy, where it came from, and you need to pay attention to that and how it's packaged, what it's costing us to do that and how it's stored, you know, what you're doing to that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the ripple effects. And and just a quick note, my love, on, on a recommendation of something practical and very, yes. very, very reachable that we could do it at is, mm. for example, so that we were just spoke about fast food and fast fashion is is one of the most detrimental industries on the planet for for the planet and so just setting ourselves a simple goal that in one year give yourself a maximum of say five or six or seven eight ten for example items of quote-unquote new items or maybe they could be pre-loved items but you know really be honest with ourselves like do we really need more than that like where is it coming from if, if you have an overdrive of, of, you know, you have this set mentality that you need a certain set of new items, new, new apparel items every year. And, you know, I would lovingly challenge that it's actually really quite minimal. Um, some of the most elegant, graceful, honorable women and men of the world that I've met, you know, and most of them are from wisdom cultures of, of indigenous cultures all around the world. You know, it's amazing, Superior. They, sh they they wear their saris or they wear their like, indigenous cultural wear with such pride. And mm -hmm. they only have one or two or three of them, for example. Mm -hmm. I mean, they wear it every mm -hmm. day. They don't need more because they've invested their heart and soul in weaving that, like, beautiful patterns. And those patterns have symbols and stories that represent who, who they are and where they come from. And it's exquisite. You know what I mean? You can't buy that with money, that type of grace. And that type of virtue and i have a real deep respect for cultures like that and and i feel like uh if we become more like that uh then <laughs> you know, so much of this quote-unquote happiness that we're all striving for 
it's all here for us. I mean, you know, like slow is the new fast. You know? And and so I'm a, I'm a little bit more experienced in this field to some degree, granted yes. my mother's a seamstress. And so I grew up witnessing her taking apart clothes and learning how to create clothes and creating a whole livelihood, like in her own sovereignty and her own resilience. Um, no one taught her. And so, I mean, I'm, you know, I guess I could have a little bit of more of a experience around that growing up. It, it's, it's the amazing feeling to learn how to design your own apparel and then create it. I mean, it's challenging. Like if you've not had practice, it's very challenging. And then even that as a practice, I think people will really honor the t-shirt the or whichever apparel that they've taken off the rack um, off a very seemingly modern environment like the shops. But a lot of those uh, apparel is created within, you know, like buildings and rows and rows of factories of mm. people who are, you know, are better and better conditions, but on the whole, they're really challenging conditions. And I think if people learn what it takes to even create something, then, um, you know, the, the intention is that people have much more respect and, and gratitude for, for what it takes to, to receive something like that, rather than just a straight up dollar value. Um, which a lot of that is is illusionary value in the sense that you know like a two dollar top doesn't actually really cost two dollars it's costing somebody's livelihood and energy and you know they might have yeah, had to walk three hours sad. to a factory absolutely right and, and a lot of these um, factory workers come from countries of our cultural diaspora so I feel very particularly passionate about this so that's that's another can I add something to that I feel like especially people from our culture will buy those $2 um, tops mm. in thinking that they're supporting people of that country. Right. But w w there's, there's this other effect that we're not being made aware of that, you know, mm. this, this is keeping a, a, a different kind of industry alive, which exactly. is adding toward the stripping away of um, sustainability on a whole, you know? So absolutely. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a there's a spectrum of uh, products and services for everybody, you know, for for whatever mm. stage of life and consciousness they're at. And I think there's from where we, you and I, are both sitting. You know, I know people that are living our values and you know core values twenty four seven. They're breathing, living. And like you were mentioning, those graceful, um, you know, leaders, con conscious mm. community leaders. I, I've been following many, I've found many, as I've opened my mind to this concept of minimalism, but mm. without sacrifice of mm. my own style, of my own um, appreciation for beauty, art, and whatever it is, and accessibility at the same time, based on my budget, based on my, you know, accessibility. Mm. Um, and considering my ethics, you know, that I'm not going to contribute towards. I think it is possible when we open our minds to, like you were mentioning, to get clear about what is it that I desire? Um, and, and, and just a little bit of questioning, like, why do I want this? Do I really need this? Do I really need like it in every color? <laughs> and do I, you know, this is the thing. And some some of the things that we get convinced of is that um, if you don't get it, then you won't have it. You know, it's a formal industry as well. Like the the, firstly, it's a 
really nice thing to look at, but then how many times are you going to wear it? Is this a functional item or is this like an item that you're purchasing just to show off for one or two things, you know? Precisely. Mm. So that is a completely different life versus what we're talking about, aren't we? We're looking towards actually moving away from the shiny object syndrome and the FOMO world and moving towards more of a self self um what would you call it like what you were yeah, saying self-initiated or self-virtuous uh, leadership uh, in the in the choices you make and supporting mm -hmm. like-minded so uh sorry oh sorry it might sound a bit scattered with the way i'm saying it but when i started opening my mind to this and questioning the way i buy things for myself when it comes to attire and clothes I started to find more designers and more influencers in that field who are doing it like ethical sourcing, uh, making one piece or two or three pieces of the same kind, um, designing clothes of a shape that will last you a few different stages of life, you know, not just, you know, when you look your fittest or when you look your flabbiest for female centric um, yes. designers. Um, and all of that, you know, and so there are people thinking in this way, you know, mm. already, and they are living their mission to Absolutely. serve us if we mm -hmm. want it. Yes, so if we're open. We might, yeah, if we're open to it, there are people doing that. Um, and then they are also working with tribal communities. They're working with indigenous communities. They're working for world trade um, things, you know, like mm. the organizations. And that's really inspiring because that's one step I can take, you know, from exactly. this little cubicle that I live in in Sydney City. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, it's so, I mean, it touches so many layers of our sense of self and, and it's, it's a beautiful practice and it's a beautiful example. So I'm really grateful because, you know, you're open to it. And, it. and, and then, you know, it's, again let's think creatively you know it's it's like you were saying it's not um giving up our our love for for beauty or culture or story you know in terms of what it means to to paralyze a certain way it's like well you know if there's certain frocks that um you know once or twice or three times a year then let's come together locally and and create um you know, like a shared service. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's it's stored in an it's stored in a public space. You know, somehow QR codes you get in, and then you know there's a catalog online, and you see what's available, and then it's refreshing for everyone. Like mm -hmm. in terms of oh, that's something new. But I know, I know it, it like you know it like it's been it's been like kind of reused a thousand times within our community and really looked after. That to me gives me so much more joy yes. than you know than buying it off the rack and then I you know and then all these like literally my love there's like mountains of these of these toxic clothes mm. yes in like for example in Ghana and you know okay. I, and probably many other places that because we don't see it and I know these stories mm -hmm. that are going to be shared more and more but you know pe like certain people in villages in Ghana can't breathe properly because of mm. the toxic of from these clothes that are like literally stacked like mountain loads and um, so yeah it's just so important to to really again think holistically and, and wow really yes others. yeah uh one thing i want to add to that whole clothes swap or rent mm -hmm. thing um mm -hmm. back 
even 10 years ago, I found a place where you could rent, you know, garments for mm. special occasions. It's mm. happening in Sydney, you know, mm. if it's happening here, I'm sure it's happening everywhere else. It's just not That's marketed, right. you know, it's just yeah. not marketed and it's just not mainstream popular idea to go ahead and hire something or swaps or, or, or exchange things, you know, um, instead of just going out and spending that money on something that's so, you know, such a trend thing, you know? Mm. Um, mm. So and I, that's, that's where the investment, that's one of the gaps. Sorry, I'm sorry, Danny. Yes. But yeah, that's one of the, again, you know, there's a whole long list of the investment gaps and the support gaps that we need to yes. um, support. And and you know a number of us will moving forward and again a lot of it is not the not what looks shiny and sexy it's a lot of it is in, in investing in the plumbing like investing in quote unquote in the analogy and also practical plumbing mm -hmm. like it's, it's those parts and pieces where they're actually really vital to then flourish a certain solution mm -hmm. um, and so a number of us i think it's just important to be disciplined and and to go through like actually going through being the change maker in some of these areas it's okay yeah. it's not going to be as flashy but that's okay because that's what we need you know and in time i think it's gonna things are going to shift and we create meaning around um mm. you know different different uh, roles that we that we contribute to in life yeah so that was it became it, it came from food waste but it's actually just waste you know that the waste that we produce in life in general like whatever we consume we consume consumerism whatever waste that's creating and it's just it's a good place to start to look at you know what do i spend my money on and what do i do with that item you know what does it do for me and do mm -hmm. i really need it the third one you mentioned was plant based food choices yes. that could Really yeah, eating a plant-based plant -based diet, ideally. Sorry, you were saying? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, no, I don't have the statistics off the top of my head. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's, it's I sh and I would like to actually, but it's, I mean, next to the whole ethical, moral um, conversation yes. around taking mm. life when we don't need to, um, that's a whole other realm. But it's, it's, these emissions from not only delivery of the of the livestock but also you know them being on land that's not then used for regenerative agriculture it's used for livestock it's it it's magnanimous in terms of its effect on on global emissions so that's yeah and i know that's a, again that's a monumental cultural shift for a number of people because there's a lot of like endearment towards certain foods that people have grown up with and culturally connected with can um, i that ask I'm, you a question out of curiosity that word omission can you go into a little bit about that like what does that mm -hmm. mean when it comes to livestock or you know sure. looking at the food sorry, sure the, plant-based versus non-plant-based yeah greenhouse emissions uh, is what yeah. i mean yeah ghg and uh, methane is a very potent greenhouse that gets emitted and methane it comes from well it comes from different industries but cows emit it just by living and mm. and de detoxing their bowels so you know there's there's solutions that we're attempting in the industry to mitigate um, and to capture methane but i don't know how far ahead 
that is. So we want to reduce that methane. We want to reduce, yeah, we want to reduce all carbon, uh, well, as many greenhouse gas emissions as possible and, mm -hmm. and carbon dioxide in particular. And, and methane is a, is a very potent form of greenhouse gas that emits more harm than carbon dioxide. So it's interesting because, you know, in, in countries like India, we use cow dung for so many things like actually uh, burning stuff, like creating fire and it's, it's a source yes. of fuel. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. So I mean, let's we want to we want to bring that down. Is that right? Well, ideally, although you mean to the best of my knowledge, a lot of Indian farmers are small scale farmers. So to have one or two or however many you know small like small number of cows on a on a farm is actually potentially mm -hmm. regenerative. Uh, mm -hmm. But I'm speaking about the large scale livestock farms that yes, are yes. You know, like like yes. millions of cows, for example. You mm -hmm. know, like um, that are specifically created for for mm. the meat industry. That's a different like world. Yes, that's a different scale altogether. Yeah. But that's really interesting. So that is really enlightening for me mm. because I didn't know that whole connection of uh. what, what we are doing there. Yes. So, wow. Okay, yes, because, you know, they're mass-producing animals now. And David Attenborough is one of my favorite, um, you know, documentary, documentary, creators of all mm. time mm. and he did he's done a, a, quite a recent production on showing how our planet's consumption of chicken uh, beef mm -hmm. and all these you know cattle-like um, animals yes. Is, yes. is synthetic production like it's not even natural production so they're not you're not even eating what you think you're eating that's you know? right yeah it's actually quite detrimental to your health long yeah term. yeah mm -hmm. so it's like and there's also, of course there's the fishes too as well because we're we're overfishing the oceans and then and so then the oceans are out of balance in so many levels uh, for different reasons as well and so yeah there's yes. all wow. the layers there's so much more as well i think people get scared because you know people get scared um by just thinking about all the effects but then you know it I, I think contextualization is so important when it comes to educating ourselves about how it happens right here in front of me you know and what are the options that I have other than what I eat right now mm -hmm. also part of this society's uh, way of celebrating and the way we carry ourselves through um, restaurants and you know and celebrating culture and everything like that uh, I think animal products are um, like you know kind of a delicacy or some sort of a praised thing but it's funny that the educated and the wealthy don't have this um need to correct and become advocates more of advocates mm. towards this mission mm. of reducing you know this trend of yeah. feeding and eating and consuming such mm. a detrimental thing you know mm -hmm. yeah Totally. Some are, thankfully, although, uh, you know, it's not, I don't think it's the majority yet. I mean, I, I mean, no, it's not. I might be, I, you know, and, and again, it kind of as was as well, we were, you know, I was discussing earlier that, you know, it's so ingrained in, in culture, like these, this generate that generation really grew up on, or, you know, like you were saying, 
you know, you go to a restaurant and celebrate and there's the delicacies. Like in the Chinese culture, there's the lobsters. You know, the yeah. lobsters are the delicacies. You know, if you don't have a lobster on your table and celebrating anything, you're not worthy of, you know, you're like, you're not good enough or something, you know. And as an example, and it's yes. it's a lot to unwind in terms yes. of like these cultural memes and, and meaning stories that we've, mm. you know, a lot of us potentially have accepted or not accepted. Um, and, it, and it will take time, but it's, it's, but can I also add to that, Kana? There's another. Uh, there's another look on this: the diet culture that uh, you know mm-hmm. ha- propagates that. Oh, by going live, um, plant-based. Look at mm-hmm. all these celebrities looking so fit and healthy. But mm-hmm. you know, Ayurveda, like food uh, sciences like that, wouldn't actually advocate that everybody went plant-based because there's always. Uh, something that you would need to understand that your body changes it has different needs so we don't have to just always focus in on that particular um, approach we can look at it as well the like you said about the purchasing the consumerism topic which is ask yourself like why do you need this you know and uh, what will it give you and and make the choices based on well, what's the most sustainable thing I can have right now? You know, like if I'm going to demand that I need beef to get iron, you know, this is one big, you know, topic, but uh, people don't give up eating certain things or cut out everything because they want a certain type of body because the media has educated them that this is what you can look like <laughs> mm. if you do this, mm. which is false idea of health in the first place and longevity um so when we talk about this i feel like um going plant-based yes and then also educate yourself because a lot of people are addicted to many aspects of food um being a certain way considering flavoring that we grow up with you know flavors um preparations and you know styles of cooking and everything like that so what's what do you recommend people um start to look at before you know kind of deciding like what's the time what's the way to shift away from you know being a i have to have the lobster otherwise i'm gonna get a migraine you know like you know what i mean Without Thank you. Lobster, my daughter won't turn 21. <laughs> oh my gosh, I know, right? Oh, I mean, it's a, such a big question in terms of people's yeah. diet choices. And of course, I'm no dietitian or, or, or a specialist. No, no, it's not a, yeah. Yeah, but it's, I, I mean, it, I feel like in my experience from what I've witnessed, it's, it really is so potent when, when you really re- reflect and take the time to research on your own health and, yeah. and how... Plant, a plant-based diet it, how much health benefits not from the externalized like you were saying you know the the instagram influences but really like what it can do to your cells and and how your organs work and how your vibrancy of of every day can be can be shifted from from a, a meat-based diet to to a plant-based diet and, and really research the the health effects of yes. of different chemicals that these companies feed these animals uh, you know like really just be like curious and take that responsibility on yourself because mm-hmm. you know it's an illusion that 
anyone external, like if you don't want to make a change, no one external really is going to make that much of an effect on you, right? So especially when it comes to food and and, and how you connect with sustenance and how you connect with, with that which offers us nutrients. And that, again, that's what the, it kind of flows from, flows yes. from the, our previous conversation about connect, connection to something organic in your life, like an organic mm-hmm. process. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, uh, that's I get potent. That's mm. potent. What what I did on my journey is mm. I grew up with in a Bengali household where you know everything is non-veg as well as veg. But um, but when we grew up here, it's like it wasn't like I wanted to be a vegan or vegetarian or anything like that. I just started listening to my body mm-hmm. and looking at the fact that, Oh my God, my stomach really can't handle this food. You know, it just not, doesn't suit my digestion. Mm-hmm. So I, I always recommend looking at your digestion as well. Like, you know, mm-hmm. there, are, there is a lot happening and, and this is, this is such a natural law you know, and you can't avoid that. You can't cover that up. You can't keep covering it up, you know? Um, and yeah, so I think it really connects with your, um, strat- uh, your tip, which is number three is like looking at a plant will go towards that, which is natural, closer toward what is harmonious for you, harmonious which is always plant-based because which is always a natural and vivacious living natural thing than what has been mass produced, created from this industrial need. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, What is the fourth one? I think we we touched on the fourth one, didn't we? Although we could, um, we could, we could you said something about oh yeah having respect for the different roles of um what people how people contribute to our society you know, and, and having deeper gratitude around you know how our modern lifestyle is is offered to us i think when we reflect on the, all the different roles that it takes to have your lifestyle i think there's a lot to be grateful for and then and then and when that gratitude reflection process has its way with you to some degree in my experience you see a world full of like places where you can serve and situations where you can serve rather than it being overwhelming i was i mean that i would say that's the fourth advice Mm. or, or tip so that's great i like that because I, you know what, I'm doing a lot of it already. What you just yeah. mentioned, one, two, three, four. I'm doing <laughs> a lot of it already. And just like making any changes in your in in your life, take it one step at a time. I think you don't have to, like we said at the beginning, you know, it's like, I don't think it has to be all in one, you know, just strip everything off and uh, become this, whatever the society wants you to be like the global warming society wants you to be because it's not doesn't have to be like that at all you know um but because you know there's there's so many factors at play to making it happen and living a joyful life you know no one is asking anyone to suffer and live in despair either you know um 
Can I ask you that, do you find, do you find anyone misaligned in your industry? Like, do you find that people oh. don't do what, don't walk yes. their talk? Yes, potent question, darling. I mean, it's one of the core challenges uh, that, that a number of us are focused on recalibrating mm. and rebalancing. Uh, mm. One of the core challenges in our industry. And so one of the industries I work in is the, is the global capital markets and in particular raising finance for green capital, green projects, for example, or ethical projects or social impact projects, right? And so one of the trends that we're witnessing is given the rise of interest in this field, we're seeing a lot of uh, stakeholders and quote unquote players in the field mm. who are impact washing and green washing their projects so they're saying they're coming out and saying oh we're gonna we're raising all of this money and we're gonna and um, we're going to use it for these projects and they and it sounds all great and yet when you really you look under the layers a lot of them a lot of them are actually um, not integrous with uh, what that their words is, are their actions. that is amazing so me as someone that wants to invest money put money into these projects how do i track where my money goes how do i know who to work with right that's that's one of the key solutions we're, a, a number of us are working on so we're working on independent verifiers independent third-party verifiers uh to then perhaps you know give a verification code or you know like you know in choice.com.au you know you, you get a tick for example the heart foundation you get a tick um we're working on that because right now it's kind of the wild, wild west, ah. and like, right? And even in people like us in the industry, it takes a lot of our resources and time mm -hmm. to research so yes. many different projects or fund managers or, um, yeah. you know, people who espouse this. And so it's a big, it's a big risk. And mm. and so and that's one thing for someone like yourself would be, uh, you know, do your best to take your time to research research yourself. who you get connected to and collaborate uh, or contribute with yeah yeah and really do be mm. discerning in in your choices and i know it's it's a big ask because there's a long list of to-dos for all of us <laughs> on a daily is, level is there any site people can go to to check out who's been banned or who's been actually flagged? there's Not nothing I mean, like that either that's the point is like, yeah, that's one of the projects that are very high priority for us. Yeah. You know, we'd love to create an app or a platform. And I mean, there's certain ratings, of course, there's the S&Ps and the Moody's, like their, their industry ratings in terms of, like, you know, they rate certain investments, you know, from A, like triple A to double A to A or B or whichever. Uh, although respectfully, they're giving ratings too easily too. You know, mm -hmm. behind the scenes, they they may have different um, agreements with their favorite clients. You know, for example, and so it's a big, big challenge and a big risk. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, it's it's quite one of our highest priorities, and we're working okay. on it. We're doing our best. So if if someone look this this is what I'm hearing, and tell me if this is something that you want to add to it, or mm -hmm. I've got it wrong. So the first thing is, you know, we look at the micro level which is a person you know looking at your four tips that you gave you know and then that's a big shift you know that's like the long-term view with the long-term view you're making little taking little steps baby steps towards creating that big shift mm -hmm. and at the same time you know if if 
you know, a lot of us like to donate. A lot of us like to um, contribute towards social change in, in yes. ways that we can, you know, we don't have yes. to sit on our hands while yes. we get to that long-term vision, you know? Yes. So what's a place we can go to, to check out how we can become active. Uh, like you said, you, you mentioned the councils, the yeah. local councils, That's but apart that. from, yeah, apart from that, what, what's a really, you know, good place to go and, look for um, organizations to become partners with? Oh, I mean, again, there's no full on like the collective database and that, that has vetted social change Okay, what are some of the search words that people should use? Oh, that social enterprise, that would be one. Um, you know, in terms of, I would highly recommend people, like as much as I love charities, charity, the charity model. Yeah, no. Yeah, Again, it's a broken thing. model. Yeah, it's yeah. a broken model. And I would highly suggest and encourage people find your local social entrepreneurs who are people who are trying to create a new model of like the best of the enterprise world, um, the, you know, the best of the business world in terms of our skill sets and, uh, and our deliverabilities, but also the best of the heart and soul world. Because that's only then that we create new industries and new enterprises that are based on a fusion of these values rather than the quote unquote handout model of the charities, which is not sustainable. And no, then of course, yeah. And of course the pure profit world is also not sustainable. So, you know, really invest in shared surplus world. And I don't know it's, it's they're ha somewhat hard to find because a lot of us are just heads down, bums up working on the solutions. Um, so social enterprise, local social entrepreneurs, I would say one of that would be the other um, local, I mean, um, search term. Uh, and what about um, shares or stocks or trades or in the investment, the fine, um, the investment yes. world, mm -hmm. who would be the ones that you would put money towards? Mm -hmm. I mean, one what of the, the top three. Yeah, one of the my the most ethical banks globally is called Triodos. They're based in Europe. T R I O D O S. Okay, uh, that's my knowledge. Bank. It's yeah, it's one of the most ethical banks in the world. So I mean, that's a whole nother. That's an example. Like, find yes. your local credit union. Find your local mutual bank. These are these organize. These are banking financial institutions that are customer owned. That's what they mean. Mutual banks and credit unions they would most likely be sponsoring some sort, of, some sort of social enterprise locally, invest in them, like invest in Bank Australia, for example. And, you know, this is a disclaimer that this isn't quote-unquote official investment yeah. advice to people, but this yeah. is a suggestion towards your own research, of course. Um, and, for example, Nature Conservancy is a very um, innovative charity, quote-unquote, but they're becoming a social enterprise because they're getting into the impact investment world. So yes. You know, so it's like these fusion models, um, uh, sort of like anomalies of nature. I love it. It's like beautiful examples of evolution, nature and evolution. So those are um, three examples. But the, so, I think so I've met people that invest in like um, organizations that you pay, you give them money and they'll, they'll plant some trees yeah, and that grows in. Is that the nature conservation conservationists? I think the TNC Nature Conservancy, like that's one of their programs, but they also they also do a number of different awesome nature projects as well. Nature projects, yeah, yeah. Awesome. It, it's a whole, it's Maybe a whole plethora. Mm. There you go. And, that's amazing. Yeah, and for example, you know, like um, I think they're called the Nature's Defenders Office. They're like a state 
organization, but it, it may not state in terms of, you know, they're an organization of lawyers and they specifically defend nature in legal cases. So, you know, they need donations. So it's, it's like this, yeah, they're like a fusion yes. hybrid as well. Amazing. So Thank you, Kana. That was, that's Welcome. amazing. That's a lot of things. I will put all that into a list and I will put it in for the listeners and the viewers to access when they need it. And I might also write up a blog about it with all the resources that you've mentioned, because I think this is what we need. We need to talk about it. We need to kind of get started. We need to encourage our peers, our children, our sisters, brothers, friends, and yeah, it's, it's noteworthy that, you know, that we're moving away more and more, you know, from what we can actually do very easily, you know, uh, by, because we are all tired. We understand that, you know, we're all tired. Um, but the tiredness is also coming from this whole problem. So we need to look at it, you know, we, this is that. not something we should look at, we, sh we should ignore. We can't, not anymore, you know, because yeah and it's all interconnected and that's the beauty of it uh, i i feel like i feel like uh people people feel more enthusiastic about something when they can see it's going to benefit them as well as benefit others quite easily mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. we really want to take that approach towards this movement where we make it easy yeah. So, any well, so words? <laughs> <laughs> thank you, of course, darling. Thank you, thank you again. It's always, it's always heartwarming, endearing, inspiring, encouraging to to share time with you and riff and and you know be on the frontier with you. I love this and and you. you know um it's such a it's such a joy and a blessing and and it's you know for example one of the I feel like intuitively one of the potential areas where we could co-host in time is like, you know, local sort of community town halls or um, whether it's climate change focused themes or others, other areas and, and, and to amplify these types of conversations to that mm. next, next stage. So I look forward to how it all emerges, darling, and, and thank you again for your service and leadership and, and showing up in this space and beyond. Thank you, Kana. It's really, really a pleasure. I really wanted to ask you this question. I'm sorry I forgot it, but I actually <laughs> wanted to ask you, what are you working on currently? What's your major project you're working on? Mm, so I think I mentioned a few of them um, during our, our, our talk, uh, although, you know, I'm doing my best to balance. Too fast. <laughs> I didn't catch it. <laughs> Uh, I'm doing my best to balance between uh, offering the solutions on a macro level and then equally being very grounded and rooted in the micro as well. And so on the macro level, I'm working with a lot of capital markets globally to support um, the increase of social stock exchanges. So stock exchanges that are based on on social ethical investment fundraisers. So so it's all it's exciting and it's, you know, multi decade long missions. And of course, the growth and before that is also the growth of green stock exchanges. And there's a few of them globally that we need many more of them. So and then creating and, and raising investment funds to and, and any type of system support for this, this burgeoning industry. So yeah, so it's pretty geeky, but it's very exciting because it's in some ways it's a top of the waterfall solution, because once we create solutions in that field, then all the triple the trickle effect and the ripple effects of 
pretty much, you know, everyone or anyone who needs support around a regenerative or sustainable or ethical green project, ideally in good time, will then get access to these funds uh, that are right now not being mobilized, not as mobilized towards this field as much as other fields, for example, fossil fuels, you know, or, or other uh, extractive industries. So that's the macro level of what I'm working on. And within that, there's also, of course, investments in um, different policymaking organizations or whether they're current or creating new ones, like creating new lobby organizations or investing in, uh, you know, different alliances of new, for example, lawyers that want to just focus on regenerative sustainable uh, law. So that, that, again, that's the plumbing that I'm speaking of. That's really necessary. So I love it. I love it. So I, I, I just want to... Um put a thing on that can we like have a conversation in a few months or whenever you are comfortable because it's quite inspiring to start talking about how our economy can get boosted through these kinds of projects um would you mind coming back to talk about this and talk about what are the, some of the central questions we're asking um for these projects about what what are we trying to solve here i would love to bring you back on that It'd be an honor, darling. I mean, it just as a, um, you know, just, sorry, darling? It's very aligned. Absolutely. Mm. And it's, so, you know, just as a, one example of a statistic, we, we, you know, in terms of the next three decades till 2050, uh, you know, part of our industry has agreed that there is a need to mobilize $80 trillion over the next three decades towards mm. these projects. And that amount of capital, which is uh, very much possible over three decades. And so we're talking, you know, three to five to six trillion dollars a year, given that the global market is around two hundred and ninety trillion dollars a year currently. Um, it's very it's not only doable, it's imperative. Um, and and so that's that's a sort of an overarching goal that a number of us are aiming towards. And so then we move and we design that backwards in terms of certain funds yes. and, and certain stock exchanges and so forth. So, um, so yes, I mean, on, on a, on a micro level, I'm, I'm working on, on launching uh, a number of projects and, and regenerate, like it, one of them is called going to be called Regenify. And so these types of platforms that are more accessible to the everyday person and supporting them, how to then integrate these changes and, so, and to reward them as well to actually, you know, offer credit and so forth. And so I'm also looking at blockchain solutions and I love all the different solutions that we can cross pollinate, you know, different solutions um, from different emerging fields. So mm -hmm. yeah, those are those are two examples. But this is, watch this space. There's a lot that that is humming yes. and um, you'd be one of the first to know, darling, you and yeah. your listeners. <laughs> yeah, I love bringing spirituality and real world together. I love Indeed. it. Well, thank you so much, dear sister of mine. It was lovely, lovely, lovely chatting with you. It's always so soulful. Time passes so quickly, you know, but uh, it was rich. It was rich. It was very rich. So thank you so much. Love to um, connect with you very soon again. But um, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, Supriya. It's been a delight. So evermore, we got this. Yes, <laughs> yes we got this.